comes in the form of man versus man or man versus his environment. And that is quite frequently what we simulate every time we play a video game. Quite frequently. Yeah, absolutely. Now, in, absolutely. The, in the case of, like, peaceful, you're not versus anything in the games you're describing, really. Like, no, 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 you, no, no, no. You could say but it's you, environmental, but, yes, like, it, I, absolutely. It, it's not the, even game a you, the game you were playing wasn't a survival game, was it? Would you say? No, well, that's the thing. There, there wasn't a death mechanic. And I don't think there okay. needs to be, like, a death mechanic to have an enjoyable video game experience. Welcome back to the Emerging Gamer Podcast, episode 299. I'm one of your hosts, Neo Ayoshi, alongside some cool dudes. We got Trip Zero. What's up, guys? How you doing? Lock and key. What's going on, everybody? And Felix Ergood. I got a hell of an intro. This is Felix Ergood. This is Felix Ergood. <laughs> you deserve it. What's up, boys? Yeah. What's up? How's, every, how's everyone nice, doing? Everyone good? Good. Good, man. Welcome good. back. Living. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. you. You had a little bit of a hiatus. I did. I did. I first went out of town to NOLA, New Orleans, and then I came back, and then I got sick, and then I, I couldn't talk, and I was, you know, runny nose all did the, you whole drink, the Did you drink the water when you were there? I drank a lot of alcohol. I probably should have drank more <laughs> water than alcohol I consumed, but... I, it was a good no, time. That, it was a good time. That's what they say when you go to a, like a country that doesn't have like a good um, uh, plumbing system or whatever. Yes, you know? Louisiana. Say, Don't drink. Very the water. much known for its bad plumbing. No, no, no. It's not. I'm, I'm making fun of Louisiana by <laughs> saying know. that because I'm just basically yeah. like, did you drink the water when you went I, to I, that uh, dirty swill I hole? I don't think it's. I don't think it's um, a, a bad plumbing situation, Felix. I think it's like uh, you're just water tainted water supply. Yeah, it's, oh, it's, it's, it's as simple as like you just move to a different biome and there's different um, right. Like the, the tap of France is not contaminated, but like if you drink it and it's your first day there, you might shit your pants because nope. there's a different bunch of like biology in there you're not used to. Oh, it's not cholera. It's, fine. it's not cholera. It's, I, not, it's not cholera. When I was when I was young, I had a family trip to Mexico, and with my yeah, my brother was there, and he drank the water, got very ill toward the end of the trip, like like really like throwing up all, it all mean, in. Doesn't it? Isn't that isn't that what that's what is what's Mont, isn't that Montezuma's revenge? That's what they, like the official that, name for it. That's is might that be what that is. That might be I think, like I imagine that, I imagine but, Felix but, thinks anywhere he goes he needs a life straw to, to drink <laughs> no, to drink I'm just, the water. I'm just saying like Montezuma's revenge <laughs> could, could walking be around like, like I gotta preserve the supply. <laughs> you could look that up, but I think Montezuma's re- revenge is like an attempt at people being racist. That's probably what that is. That's I my mean, guess. Yeah, it, I feel like the naming probably came from something like that for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're, uh, that name I don't think has been updated for 2021 sensibility. Because, because Montezuma is a direct re- reference to Aztec, Aztec culture. That's yes. what it is. So it's, it's probably yes. not. It does sound better than that. Traveler's Diarrhea, which is the WebMD yeah, 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 article yeah. title. But I, I can defer to this for, for cultural sensitivity easily. So, yes, Traveler's yeah. Diarrhea. Um, the, the, well, that's travelers. All right, and you when you travel. So, well, welcome to well, you guys didn't know. the Gamer Podcast. <laughs> this is the Emerging Gamer Podcast. Please follow us on all podcast services. YouTube, we got our hundred. 
You can subscribe at uh, you know, youtube.com slash emergent gamer. We're there. We're we're posting things, things are happening. So please check us out there. Um in the meantime, who wants to go first? What are we playing, guys? Who wants to go first? I'll get it out volunteers. of the way. I'll get it out of the oh, way. Look at him. He, raised, he raised his finger. I'm ready. I saw the dust from your from your drop ceiling rain down on your shoulders. There's with that just finger, a, man. there's Jeez. a shit ton of really important things that we're going to talk about tonight, and I'm just going to talk about the unimportant thing real briefly. You don't uh, have to say you want to talk on your own podcast. You can talk. No, I get podcast. it. I get it. I get it. But you know, it, even though it is Bethesda related again, um, it is news. <laughs> it is it is legit news. It's legit news. It's not something old. I'm not just going to talk about my Skyrim loadout or whatever. Sure, um, sure. I would so, love to hear about it though. Can you talk about your Skyrim loadout? No. You really want to know about that? <laughs> no, you fucking liar. That was a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> we did not want to know week. about that. No. Oh my god, uh, space. That was beautiful. No, I mean, no. The Blackwood DLC released for Elder Scrolls Online. It released on uh, Tuesday, yesterday, and I had Ooh, a, I, hap- okay. I was coincidentally off, and I had a chance to soak in some of the new features. There's not a lot to talk about because a lot of the features are coming within a week. Um, in fact, they're adding a whole a system called Endeavors, and Endeavors in other games speak is basically daily que- uh, things you do. Uh, it's it's frighteningly similar to Fallout 76 daily quests. Like they're just activities you do, like craft five battle axes, or you know, mm-hmm. like you know, uh, probably kill twenty of this whatever enemy. Um, this kind of like daily thing that we're used to in lots of different games. Like you know, if you play Battlefield, you know, we're going to be talking about that probably later. But you know, in that one, it would be like kill twenty people who are doing support. You know, kill 30 pe- people who are um, de- defending a, a, a point or something. You know, that kind of shit. So it's going to be called the en- the Endeavor System, and they're coming out on the 15th of June. So that's right around the corner. Also, um, added on uh, coming Tuesday. maybe on the 15th as well is, or maybe it's a little bit later this month, is the ability for this game on Xbox to have FPS boost up to 60. So... I'll oh, nice. Very cool. Play 60 frames uh, for the uh, Xbox Series X. Go ahead, Trip. So on Tuesday, you said the, the thing released, but there it sounds like some of the cooler features are still to come. What actually dropped on no, Tuesday? No, Was no, no. Like the story best, the like coolest. That? Yeah, no, the coolest feature dropped on fucking we got first. Um, the coolest feature was obviously there's a huge story related to Blackwood. Blackwood is related to the opening, uh, reopening of a bunch of Oblivion Gates. Um, the most important feature for a brand new player, I'm not a brand new player, but someone, if, like if I create a new character, is that now you can start the game. And this is kind of like the alternate start, live another, not to talk about Skyrim too much, but it's like the alternate start, live another life mod. Mm-hmm. Because you can go into Elder Scrolls Online and walk into this, there's a, a dramatic story where, you, mini story where you go in, meet this guy, he's like, these are the gates that are uncontrollable. And he's like, you can go through and like see all of the DLC worlds because right okay. now when somebody buys Elder Scrolls Online brand new, like if they're a new player, not only do they get Blackwood, but they get every DLC that came prior, even if they're not paying for the membership. And that's a first because mm. in the past it would be you would get base game and whatever the new one was, but all the ones in between would not be included unless you paid for the membership. So what's really cool this time around is they're like, here's Blackwood, but here's 
Graymore and here's, you know, this shit and this shit and this shit. So you have it all now and what's and, and it's tied into this big room you walk into where literally they look like giant paintings in you're in the Met, you know what I mean? On yeah. the wall. These portals that you walk through to enter and start the game with a brand new character in any of the sections. So you, you, mm. you don't have to start in the base game place and then get deposited on an island and then do all the tutorial shit. You right, can actually have start, some, uh, some yeah, fun. You can start right in Skyrim. You can start right in um, 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 else, elsewhere. Uh, yeah, elsewhere is where all the Khajiit are from, you know, the cat people. Um, yeah. And you could start there. You could start any of the places. So that's that's really cool for new players and for seasoned players and all players really. They just added the ability to have companions, which is one of the best things uh, uh, connected to playing Elder Scrolls uh, v Skyrim. Dude, and Lydia. I don't was that I, her name the first the first yeah house Lydia Carl Lydia the house car that you get in uh, Skyrim. Sorry to you. carry your burden. Yeah. Um, so Honor the two, to you, my thane. The two companions that you can get so far, and I'm sure there's more that are going to come, and I'm sure there's even going to be some that you have to pay for, and I'm sure there's going to be some that like you get as rewards, special rewards that get released later. You know, there's I, I imagine the companion system once it's established, it's going to be like let's just keep introducing new companions for different reasons. But um, you, you buy get, some? Is there like a like a microtransaction? Not yet. Element? Like right now, there's just two of them. They both have a quest line. They're included in your Blackwood DLC. You don't have to pay extra money for it. Um, you get Mira and uh, Miri. Sorry, Miri. And then the other, the that's the girl, and she's a uh, dark elf. And then you have Bastion, and Bastion is like a you know, I think he's either a Imperial or a Nord mage. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, starts off with the destruction staff. She starts off with a bow. So, um, but the system is really easy to use. It's not complex. It's not going to add more complication to your own builds and your own <clears throat> game or anything. It's actually going to give you a benefit. Um, now you'll be able to go in and maybe fight world bosses. And you'll have, if you level up your companion as much as you've leveled up yourself, your companion's going to be able to aid you. Like add healing to you as you're playing. They act the companions function just like a player, and I felt mm. very little glitching and shittiness at all with the companions' uh, motions and what they did. They were behaving and performing exactly like a player would, um, using spells at the appropriate times and 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 so forth and so on. Uh, go ahead, nice. Neil. So Star Wars: The Old Republic actually does does this really well. Um, that was made by Bioware, the guys you know known for Mass yeah. Effect and stuff. Yeah. Um, the way that they, so they had a companion system too, and they actually give you like a whole ship crew of different um, classes, like healing, tank, DPS, like all the all the the they all have their own storyline, they all have their own way of fighting, and you take them with you, and you can bring them in the dungeons, and they will fill a role for you. Which was awesome, and of course, yeah, so because so of that's, Bioware, yeah, there's a story attached to them as well. It's awesome. So that's built in. <clears throat> um, in fact, there's multiple guides already that you can find where you can choose how you want your companion to play. You know, what role do you want them to fulfill? And this is specifically the type of gear you have to set them up with in order to do that. For instance, and it, it is intrinsic. I don't know in that game how it worked but in this one it is intrinsic on what gear you're putting on the character so for instance you, you can do the same yeah you know uh, i started with miri so miri i got them both i played both their stories and got them both that day it only took me 30 minutes to do each companion storyline just to unlock them so it's really easy if you can find a guide online you can find where they are in the world and then immediately do the quest you don't have to like 
sift through a bunch of other quests to get to their quest. But the thing that was most interesting to me is that um, she starts with a bow. And if I wanted her to be um, like a, a dual build, you know what I mean? Which is more of a DPS build where you have dual wield two weapons. All I had to do was buy those weapons for her from a vendor in a town and then a, a give the give them to her so that she can use them. And she immediately fell right into the role of du- dual wielding. And it also opened the dual wielding, like fighting, uh, leveling up, like where she can unlock perks that she can end up using. Um, so it's really easy to make your character into whatever. If I want the character to be a healer, I just buy them a restoration staff, which is not expensive. Like it's like 200 gold in the game or whatever. And then I give it to her and make sure she has it. And then she suddenly, if she doesn't have another weapon, I don't think they can have, they can't like switch back and forth between two sets of weapons. They didn't make it that complicated. But um, if she has a healing staff, she'll heal me, you know? Um, I, I also have to unlock the healing spell for her, you know, that she can use it and do it. But it's pretty cool. And they just assist you and they just do do the sh- do your bidding. It's fucking cool. Um, nice, but but the it's, best uh, part was not experiencing too many glitches or weird problems where they weren't like fighting or frozen or any of that shit. It all was fluid and it was great. Um, if you decide to do a four man dungeon and you have, and this is this is key, if you are with four of your friends and everyone has their companions, the game will literally count the companions in the four man count. So, like, there's specific dungeons that are designed for four people. So, literally only two players with a companion right. each can, companion. Do, can do that because of how powerful I think the companion... You know, I think it would upset the balance in the game if... You know, well, yeah, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a four-person dungeon. It would be eight people right. in a four-man dungeon, you know? Right, I mean? exactly. So, um, I think they, they know this and they realize this. So, if you're doing that, it's going to account for that. So, that's pretty cool. That's all I wanted to nice. talk about. Yeah. I had a fun day just... You know, with my buddy Jay Prince just fucking around in ESO and helped my nice. other my other friend Philly Special like kind of um, unlock her first companion as well, and uh, we just had a good time. So we're gonna that's keep, great. Keep I on, think it's keep on keeping on. Yeah, I think it's cool how uh, well not. I mean, more, it's interesting. I should say that all these different like persistent world games. It's it's interesting to see how they deal with the issue of getting into a game that's been running for years and every game has like a different way they handle this, you know, like, like this mm-hmm. is an interesting way you were talking about with the Elder Scrolls online final fantasy 14 just has like the game be literally free through the first two expansions up to level 60. And then from then on, you have to buy everything individually destiny deleted <laughs> half the game. So, you know, everything has, everyone been, has a different way to handle this. this it's problem. funny. I've been re-experiencing. I, I haven't experienced destiny since the, the like reset that they did. Yeah. I've been playing a little bit of destiny lately. Um, and I've been playing with a friend who's, who's new to the game. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And well, I remember destiny two starting with the red war, right? That is the beginning of OG destiny two. It's not that anymore. No, I'm watching. It's the destiny one beginning right now. Right. Yeah. You wake up in like old Russia or whatever, the Cosmodrome. And it's weird because I'm literally seeing the game, the game's beginning for the first time in this way through my friend, because I'm running around with him and it's it's crazy how they like kind of like rewrote the beginning of the game and just kind of just go okay here here you go go play the activities now have fun do it mm-hmm. do it you know what I mean right. that's like exactly. pretty much all the beginning is now essentially yep. but it's fascinating when yeah. games doing that um, yeah, do you want so me to go next that was my uh, Tuesday yeah, yeah so you're good yep 
I'm going to be really quick because I've been gone for two weeks. Um, I've been doing a lot of cleanup. All right. I finished Ori 2. Freaking amazing game, you guys. You guys got to play this thing. It's, it's on Game Pass. If you like me- side-scrolling Metroidvanias, great soundtrack, great art. Holy shit. <clears throat> what an experience. Um, I started Resident Evil 7. I know you guys mm. talked about that last week. Yep. It's, wait, it's good. Wait, eight, it's good. Seven or eight? <laughs> I'm sorry, eight. Okay, eight. I wanted to make sure. I was like, are you going back Village. to seven? No, no, Village. yeah, I did, um, I did that. Um, I'm not gonna, I don't want to talk about it until you get to it, Trevor, I guess, because... yeah. I'm about halfway there. I don't want to. I don't want to like say anything. That's a I, I spoiler do have, like, cast some game. For it I think, and some I, things I really like about it. I think that's it could a most definitely cast be a spoiler game. cast game. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. I, mean, I think so. Record, um, you, and, you and Kevin Oates actually might be able to get together and do that. That'd be kind of fun. I am still in the beginning of the game. I'm like, mm, I'm like right after like well, one of the first major sections. You will be done it way before I'm anywhere close to playing it. I'm in the middle of four right now. I'm actually probably like. 72 percent of the way through four maybe 80 that doesn't matter uh then i have all the rest of them to play and i'm playing power wash simulator between the resident evils so there's there's a little bit of time to go you got a bit of a walk yeah Mm -hmm. that's fine um and then the other game i've been playing i'm trying to like clean up all these games that i started and i just need to finish so i've been playing co-op with our buddy quail uh it takes two which is the co-op game by uh yosef ferris the the, uh fuck the oscars guy from the Game Awards that year. Remember that guy? Mm-hmm. Really funny guy. Um, the game's amazing. I got to tell you, I, we're, we're like, I think we're close to the end, but this game is so good at being like, okay, you're a shooter now. Okay, you're solving puzzles now. Okay, here's another mechanic that we're just going to introduce to you, and now we're going to forget it, and you're going to move on to the next thing. That's The game is like amazing at introducing different styles of play and then going, okay, next thing. And before you get tired of whatever you're doing, it's it's over and the story kind of just like moves you along. And it's really endearing. It's like an endearing story about like uh, a family that's like about to go through a divorce and you get turned into dolls because you're you know, your daughter cries about it. And uh, this book of love wants to keep you guys together. So it's like a it's it's about this like, you know, married couple that's like kind of trying to stay together. And it's like. A comedy and it's 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 cool it's like a really interesting style game that um you know it's fun to fun to play with a friend what was this called again it takes two great couch one, co-op game is this the one where you it's like an above you and two people in a room it, it actually changes you you play as two dolls and and it's always a split view but sometimes it moves like depending on the context of the this of was the level. super yeah. recent felix in the past month or so this mm-hmm. game came out uh, i remember yeah, seeing it's like, 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 like or two old. i remember seeing footage for a game where there's like a couple arguing but i can't remember what that was called and and like, were they arguing as dolls because they're no, like they weren't dolls they little weren't toys dolls. yeah real people um dude at, at one point i'll just give you one section of the game that like kind of introduces something then like goes okay we're done now you and you get to a point where you're in this like castle that the father built for the daughter to like you know play with her toys in and you find a sword and a wizard hat and your characters put them on and then the game pulls the camera up into an isometric view and you're playing diablo and all of a sudden the game's controls turned into diablo and you're just playing through a level and That's then cool. you you lose the weapon and the, and and stuff and it just goes back to normal. It goes back to what it was doing. Like it just like throws you into these like random situations, and they're all f- awesome because they introduce a new mechanic to solve puzzles with. Like it's like, constant. It's very fun game. Anyway, that's all I've been doing, pretty much. 
That's it. Who's next? Trip? Lock? Um, yeah, point. I mean, I can go. Yeah, I can go. That's, I'll be pretty quick. Um, so I went live on Twitch for the first time you in a very long time. That was exciting. Yeah, I don't really know. I kind of just did it. I just had the urge to just hit go live, and um, I didn't really do any testing beforehand. I kind of just did it and roll with it. And um, any problems? The Discord. Mm, no. Cool. Question mark. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, for the most part, it was uh, it was pretty much a smooth experience. A bunch of people from the Discord rolled through and watched the the stream, which was really cool. Um, there was a lot of uh, chat interaction, which was which was great. I wasn't really expecting much. I was just kind of going live for myself to test, so that was cool. Um, so I'm going to continue doing that um, sporadically as I game. I'll probably just hit the go live, and if I um, continue to enjoy it, probably build a schedule around it and go live a bit more regularly. Um, in terms of new games, though, I did um, download and start a No Man's Sky save after Ooh. trips. Ooh. conversation last week oh dude nimbus was uh was adding me in the discord today about it and he was uh yeah. he's hopping on there too tell me about so your experience what'd you do <laughs> so i didn't really get to do much because i didn't have like i had a little bit of time and i was just like on my pc and i was like what do i do what do i do and i i was mm. like fuck it let me just download no man's sky um I, excuse me i had already downloaded no man's sky after your conversation from last week since it's in game pass um, and I looked at it and I was like, fuck it, let me just start it. So I started a save. Um, I landed on this too. Hey, what's that? PC games. Yep. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Spicy. Um, and, uh, so I just started a save and I landed on this dope ass planet. And literally all I did for the 20 minutes that I had was run around and explore, explore. the planet. You nice. did normal. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't do anything. What's that? You did Felix? normal, not survival. Yeah, I did normal. Yeah, yeah. Like I know nothing about the game. I have no, yeah, I have no, no prior no. experiences with the game. So yeah. I just, yeah, I did normal. Um, and because I didn't land on a planet that seemed to punish me, like I know you can land like on like a cold planet and things mm-hmm. like that. Like it was just this lush planet that looked incredible at fourteen forty p. Am I? That's actually that's wild because I always thought they did throw you into some kind of like mm-hmm. like adversarial planet as the main like the initial quest kind of plays out unless unless it was uh is there like a free roam option maybe i selected that instead and maybe it just put me on a random planet there's either like like you pick like the difficulty or there's creative and then creative is just like there's no limits you have access to Mm. all the base building mechanics you have access to all the oh maybe i did that guns yeah maybe i did that i because i didn't even look at my menus or anything i literally just ran around got Um, it and, and explored so um, wait did you did you try the dlss settings like all the new graphics options i did I, I haven't tried the game since they updated it with that yeah i mean i didn't um i didn't turn on the in-game fps counter so i don't know what i was getting but i was playing it in 1440p ultra um and i didn't notice i didn't notice like that i was sub 60 um that's cool so i but i don't i don't know how was your um you're popping like was grass and things popping in like at a distance or were you not seeing any of that uh no it was fine i didn't have any i still get pretty aggressive popping and i have a 2080 uh i don't know what my settings are i should probably look at them but um and i don't know maybe it turns on dlss to a certain degree by default yeah 
Neo. I don't know. Maybe it was that was. Mm. I'll have to try. Um, have to so yeah, I definitely plan. I definitely plan on messing with it some more and actually playing it. I think it's going to be a good game to, um, like when I have a little bit of time and like no one's around to do things in Destiny yeah, or some it's, some other games to just like fuck around in. So I'll double check. I, I'm assuming since I didn't land on it, like planet that requires me to try and initially survive i'm assuming i didn't actually do like a normal save and maybe i did the creative mode yeah um so yeah i'll report back um and the yeah, other thing that, and the other thing that i wanted to share with you trip that i don't know if i'm going to be able to rope you into but um that i did start back up again is the final fantasy 11 vanilla server <gasps> oh my god you're back on so, you're back on wings um it's the um nasomi nasomi yeah Fuck. And 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 um I so very much um have I've been watching so much of Ninja's Final Fantasy Nin- 11. Ninja's has just been playing that yeah, all the that time. That I that I legitimately no bullshit might buy Final Fantasy 11 and wow. might actually play the actual game. Oh, like I might I might actually do it because you so right now it's $30 for the complete edition of Final Fantasy 11. It mm-hmm. does go on sale pretty regularly, so I might. And last time there was a Square Enix sale, that edition was on sale as a part of the Square Enix sale. So I think you might be able to get the actual game for relatively cheap if thirty dollars is too much. It really just comes down to the fact of do you want to spend like a monthly fee? It's another now, monthly fee, yeah. Now though, I am. I'm probably going to end up doing it if I keep playing the the vanilla server that you do get 30 you do get a month free so mm-hmm. if it, the sale was enough for you to play for a month and like feel like you got your money's worth out of the base game and decided not to continue paying for it i mean you know i guess that's up yeah, to yeah. someone to decide but i i've been enjoying watching him play so much that like it's probably all nostalgia honestly probably but like yeah i re- i really um, here's i was really this an MMO? It. Yeah. Yeah. Here's here's what I'll out, say. It came out. It came out. So Felix, it came out two years before World of Warcraft. It is nearly twenty years old at this point. Wow. Here's what I'll say. I <laughs> I would fucking lose my mind if I was playing with a friend in 2021 Final Fantasy 11. I'm um, sure you could convince Rowan to do this. I bet you could convince him to do this. I. I'm, I'm potentially on the hunt for a new job. Okay. There's, I've know I've mentioned this. There's like things lined up for, for a new job. Um, uh-huh. It'd be a good job. If I, if I get this job, I will sign up. No bullshit. And I'll probably know in about a month or so. So that's, yeah. that's that I think is, is the, the, yeah, metric like, there. like, look, I, the, I may be talking out of my ass because that does happen. <laughs> but like I've tried Final Fantasy 14 mm-hmm. multiple multiple times and I know it's a a great value an amazing story obviously it is a better version of Final Fantasy 11 like right. there's, there's I'm not I'm not trying to argue that in any capacity sure. sure um but I think the nostalgia factor of Final Fantasy 11 and maybe more of the basic functions that it has as an MMO might make me want to play it and get engaged with it more than 14 has been able to. Cause I've started yeah. so many characters in 14 because it's free to play for so long. Right. And I just can't, I can't get through it. Maybe that's because I haven't synced up with people and I haven't like, 
had people to help push me through and solo. The first chunk of the game is kind of a slog. Like, ultimately, yeah, I know. It, it and really and everyone's is. just like, get through it, get through it. You'll love it. And I'm sure I would. It's hours, like, man. But it's like, yeah. a lo- like, look how long trip took to get to where he is now. I played years. this game before they blew it up and I'm still not caught up with everyone. Yeah. I, know, I can't, right. I, dude, I can't, I can't stomach it for long periods of time. Um, right. I'm, I'm not going to cut your time short, but I do want to inject something to your point. I was playing with actually Neo and Rowan and Jay the other day. We we're doing uh, like little raid roulettes. Um, yeah. And I kind of hit a wall after a couple. I was like, all right, that's fun. I'm going to go make some food. I feel like eating. Right. right. Doing something right. else. It was just like I didn't feel like the didn't feel the hook. Mm, yeah, it's hard, and, it's and that's totally and hard. that's and I that that absolutely has not hit me yet because all I've done is like opening entry missions for right. for it each time and like tried to level. But like the other thing is, there's so much that I remember from eleven mm-hmm. that like I have the the carrot dangling to like yeah. keep me pushing to go from area to area because I vividly remember like the very structured this is where you level from one through ten and this yes. is where you go level to Valkram dunes through. from something yeah. else or four yeah go exactly right and i and and plus they've made soloing in that game much more plausible now um mm-hmm. before you could never solo level um you know back when i played final fantasy right. 11 and now you can solo essentially the entire you know game except for end game activities um so yeah i i i oh god it's just it's when i watch him play it like i just i have such a craving to play that game again so i downloaded the vanilla server just because it's free obviously there's no cost to it and it's you can just play it um but it bothers the shit out of me this is completely not completely random but when i'm watching ninja it bothers the shit out of me he doesn't change his aspect ratio to match his monitor and everything is like super Mm. fucking pulled I'm Strip. like, yeah, Tyler, <laughs> make it look Dude. good on your screen, please. You're broadcasting. I know, I know. But like he was running through, uh, I forget the fucking area. I forget the name of the area. Um, but it's probably the third, fourth, maybe fifth area that you go to on, on your way to level. And mm-hmm. um, it's like at night, it's like a sandy area. There's um, there's mountains. I, I can't remember the name. I'd have to look up maps and, and locations, but just before or after see, Juno, uh, I think it probably was after Juno. Um, oh, um, um, fuck, 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 dude. The, with the giants, the big giant uh, people, there were no giants, but there were there were like these little um like the pugs or the pubs i forget what the like they're like little fish looking oh things. yeah it's like swim through the air instead of the water yeah yeah yeah, yeah yeah and there were there were there were uh rights there were um skeleton zombies um i'm never gonna remember i'm i'm gonna have to literally click on all of these you sure it's I not valkram dunes this kind of sounds like it's valkram def- dunes. definitely was not valkram dunes. it was not no. okay because i thought all those things were there especially at night when night would happen um in any case, yes. um, <laughs> I digress. Uh, yeah, so I, yeah, I think that may happen. And um, my only well, concern with I gotta that look is up my how, wings login. My only my only concern with that is how punishing that game can be to people that don't have anyone to play with. Um, just to get started, like the economy and and the initial grind can yeah. also be a slog in eleven too. Um, so, but 
man, the soundtrack slaps and, um, I'm hearing the Sandoria theme in my head right now yeah. as you're, yeah. as you're talking so, about this. Uh, maybe, maybe sometime soon, um, I'll be sharing my 20 year old game like Felix and it'll be about final yes. fantasy 11. Love it. Nothing wrong with that yeah. lock. I welcome right. There is nothing wrong with that, Felix. <laughs> uh, Trip, what do you got for us? Um, I'm going to talk about a little gaming experience that I had with a little indie. And this is going to, uh, I think, flow really nicely into what we're going to talk about for the rest of the show. So it's going to be a like nice little nice. transition point right here. Um, I played yesterday, entirely yesterday, uh, along multiple points of the day, a game called A Short Hike. This is a little indie game. It's out uh, on PC originally. It's also available on the Switch. The game is a uh, a charming little pixel animated uh 3d adventure of a little bird you play as a little bird her name is claire and you're at like uh an island uh like a like an island national park kind of vibe there's like mountains and trees and forests and things and beaches of course you're there on like a family trip and you don't have cell service so everyone says you got to go to the top of the you got to go to the top of the peak to to get cell service so the point of the game is making it to the top of the mountain so that your your phone can get a signal and then there's an ending, I don't, which I don't want to spoil. It's actually pretty cool. Um, but this whole game is that. And you're set on this little island. And you're pretty much free to do whatever you want from the minute that the setup of the game is done. So you're, on, you're in like a car with your aunt. And then uh, you walk out of your cabin. And it's literally whatever you want to do, uh, you can do. There's no directions except the first conversation you have with someone saying, hey, there's a cell signal on top of the mountain. And then you just have to talk to people to figure out what to do next. Um, this game, if played just super organically, is only somewhere between f- two to four hours. Uh, and that's it. That's the entire length of the game, and it's done. Uh, your, your main objective is to be able, obviously, to climb. And the climbing mechanic in this game is done by collecting golden wings. You're a bird, so when you tap the A button, you flap up in the air, and you can hold it to glide. The more golden wings you have, the more you can climb up in the air and they also work like stamina in breath of the wild so as you climb the wings fade away so they're your flying stamina and your climbing stamina too mm. um obviously the more you get the more you can the more you can kind of scale so you have multiple ways to get wings you can you can collect coins and buy them from the visitor center in the uh in the park you can do quests and things for people that will give them to you randomly you can find them when they're hidden but there are so many different things to do in this game, and everyone has their own little adventure that they're on. Someone asks you to find 15 seashells, right? And you're like, oh, cool, I'll just I'll find 15 seashells as I'm exploring this island. And it's the music is incredible. It's so charming. So, like, you're just, you don't even think about it. And you find 15 shells, and you're like, oh, shit, I had the shells for that person. Let me go back and, and see what happens. And you give them to them, and the person's like, oh, thanks for the shells. And your character's like, what am I going to get? And you're like, what do you mean? What are you going to get? I didn't. It's just like, like it's a real funny cute like it's the like, writing is great in this in this game. Um I'm gonna try to picture as I'm talking about this because the art style is Yeah, I looked it up uh, in, I looked it up in Steam. I saw yeah, it. It's it's really cool and it has actually um there are graphic settings even on the Switch. Uh there's two. You either choose more or less pixelated. Mm-hmm. And it always looks a little bit pixely, but you can get it like pretty fine or you can get the edges really, really jagged. I'm sure as you flip through pictures on Google, there's going to be some like some differences you'll see. Like there's a really jagged version that might look like a like an old Game Boy color video game, but then 
some are really smooth, but it's fully 3D. The camera is automatic uh, and does a pretty good job of just following you around as you explore. There's tons of hidden things. There's there's mechanics in the game you wouldn't even know about unless you just s- sought them out and found them. Like, I talked to one person randomly sitting by a dock. He gave me a fishing pole and taught me how to fish. I didn't have to do that. It doesn't help get to the top of the mountain. But I did it. And sometimes I would stop and fish. And then I, I was collecting fish, not knowing what I was going to do. Then I found someone who who buys fish. And I started selling him fish, and he gave me coins. And then I had enough money to buy golden feathers off of a scalper who literally bought the stock of golden feathers off of the visitor center. That son of a bitch. <laughs> and then he's charging like a hundred coins for every feather. That's, and I'm like, it's too real. That's too real. We don't like real. it when, when games are in the real world like that. <laughs> and here's the thing. You, there's a, another text option as you're talking to him. And you're like, you're like, what's your deal? Right. And then the, uh, uh, he's like, what's your deal? And then if you keep talking, he's like, all right, fine. I need the money for like for medical school, but I won't have enough if I just sell these as is. So, so there, like, it's like, like a little moment of realness. Like the writing gets, gets the different levels of like comedy and, and life. And it just, I, this game, I wasn't expecting all the different like experiences to happen in this game. Um, There's no time limit. There's no goal besides get to the top. Um, And just the, the different layers of mechanics that you uncover naturally make, uh, make exploration so much fun, so much so that when I finished the game, I was really sad that there wasn't more Uh, because the way that this game taught you, the way that it guided you without guiding you, the way that it lets you roam around is, is something that uh, even AAA games don't do as well as this did. Um, Another example of the, uh, the wings mechanic, right? So at this point, you know, you use them to fly and gain height. You use them to climb. Well, as you get higher up in the mountains, it gets colder. And then your little wing icons, your feather icons, have this little blue frozen tint to them. Well, they don't regenerate when it's cold, like they do when you're below the cold line. So once you're at a certain point on the mountain, you don't just get them back. You can't just stop and climb again. You have to find hot springs on the mountain to warm up. You have to find little campfires that other people have made as you're, as you're climbing up. There's all these different ways that the, the mechanics like evolve, uh, and it's just so interesting, and it's so sad there's not more to this game because there was literally nothing but chill, nothing but chill, fun experience playing this game. And I'm, yeah. I'm sad that I, that it was only, you know, I think I probably spent maybe three hours total. sounds like you're sad that it was only a short hike and not a longer one. I mean, they told you right there in the, in the title. So I can't <laughs> really do too much of that. And it was only eight bucks. So like, if you're looking for something interesting to play, I highly recommend it. The it's, trailer looks very interesting. I I like the little like the unique art style of it and everything. The way the way they gliding, the gliding yeah. too that they show off in there. It feels so good. It feels incredible. Mm. It's so much fun. It's like I when you f- played Anthem for the first time. You're like, this game has so much promise. <laughs> very very similar vibe. I think the that. trip. Stop yeah. me if I'm wrong, but I think you would really do well with an Apple Arcade membership. I have one. Yeah. So you should explore some of the games in there because they have been I've, dumping. I've been poking around in there. They've been dumping in. I just got the new iPad to do that, like to play mm-hmm. Apple Arcade games, mm-hmm. just to, you know, see them on like a bigger screen and like explore them. My two, my two favorite ones in Apple Arcade that I found so far, which are not in the vein of, of the game. I know there's a bunch of games that match 
the vein, the cuteness, like sneaky Sasquatch, s- sneaky Sasquatch, like kind of is cute, like the game you're describing. So that might be up your alley. But uh, I'm really obsessed with more the hook than the cuteness. But I know what you're saying. I'm really obsessed with mini motorways, and and now they have a new one where you build subway lines. <laughs> that does sound kind of cool. Uh, it's, it's addictive, man. Check out mini motorways, and then the other one. Um, but there's a lot of games in there that have cute characters, probably a relatively like they just you know that Oceanhorn game that's like a knockoff of yep. Legend of Zelda. Thing. Yeah. Le- yeah. So they just they came out a with second a second one. No, they no. The second one is what came out with Apple Arcade, and it was just seemed right. a lot like Breath of the Wild. They just came out with um, Oceanhorn Chronos, uh, which I think is a reference to Chrono Trigger, and the game looks like how Legend of Zelda, Zelda and Chrono Trigger were. It, it's a version it's like, of Oceanhorn. Like yeah, it's like a dungeon crawling top down. Yeah, yeah, hack, yeah, hack and slash game. Yeah. yeah. And they just released that on Apple Arcade, and I, I, was I like, did. Uh, I, I downloaded. Um, fa- there's a game called Fantasian that's like exclusive to the Apple Store. It's made that, by yeah. the yeah, it's made by the guy who did Final Fantasy VI, and it's like mm, interesting. A, it's like a diorama, like all the all the environments are like diorama like. Yeah, it's pretty. I, it's pretty I cool down- Fantasian is that what you said? Yeah, Fantasian. Yeah, I yeah. just downloaded that as well. They have a new, up to date, and totally amazing. Fucking the Oregon Trail. Oregon Trail. They, Dude, they have an Oregon I played Trail that game. On my flight back from Disney, and that game was incredible. The yeah. new Oregon Trail. Ah, that's cool. is, yeah. Yeah. So there's there's a bunch of game stuff in the but like we're watching and letting things happen because like the dialogue in that game is great. You could like like kind of bet and see who would make it, who would die, who's who's gonna like you know kick it before you got to the next town. The way they do like progression as you get closer to like your next city is cool. Like instead of saying like you're gonna go to Oregon, they like. You uh, you pick a, a target city and you just try to make it there, and then at that point you could start there as your next expedition, kind of like in, like a little bit of a fast travel way. Um, it's just more of a dynamic journey the whole way. They do it really yeah. well. I wasn't trying to like sidetrack uh, you talking about this yeah, game, yeah. but but I just I thought maybe I wasn't sure if you had that membership because mm-hmm. like I do. There's a lot of really what- in- interesting titles in there. So really quickly, because now you have me uh, interested. So the Apple mm-hmm. Arcade are all of the games inside of Apple Arcade automatically compatible with Apple TV? I don't uh, think so. I don't know about that, but maybe I haven't tried to download any of them on my Apple mm. TV. I I don't know for sure. I haven't been on Apple's site to confirm this, but um, I can I'm, imagine it's. I'm no clicking because... on a few of the games right now, and a lot of them do have a, a compatibility with Apple TV. I'm seeing. Yeah, like yeah. I just, I just checked. Uh, I just clicked on Fantasian and Oregon Trail, and they both say uh, iPhone, iPad, Mac, and Apple TV apps. Yeah, be so, cool if they were. So you could. I was pair... thinking so many touch screen controls that are that seemed like proprietary to me that I don't know if that would translate to a TV, but unless they like mandate, you have to have multiple control schemes. Well, yeah, there's well, iOS devices now support controllers. So a lot of these games do have controller support. And I can see that. Yeah. You compare the list. Well, there's a, a se- actually Neo, there's a section in Apple arcade um, that says, you know, where they're advertising things. And the one section is controller favorites or something like the specialty mm. controller ones or something games that are best with a controller. Um, yeah, because I really never looked at um, Apple Arcade, but seeing things like this, like Oregon Trail and some other like, well, they've partnered with. There's a know, really I, cool uh, Lego building game. Um, mm. 
Mm-hmm. It's like a uh, it's it's an official Lego branded puzzle game where you have to get like um you're like pl- you're you're out like a father, right? And your son is like trying to get to you. You have to build right. a path to get your son to be able to make it. He like auto walks, but he can't walk oh, over certain cool. terrain and stuff. So you have yeah, to like yeah, build yeah. the path as you go. And you of course it like builds on the mechanics as the levels, you know, increase. Again, of course it's like you rotate the map around. You're looking at like the central cube style puzzle. It's gorgeous. Right. It looks great on your phone or iPad, whatever you're playing it on. Um, highly recommend that one if we're talking arcade. Yeah, I feel like it. Uh, Apple Arcade is like a new age way to get like my son into games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because right. well, yeah. because the the idea of it is high quality games. They're not like littered with bullshit microtransactions or anything. It's all right. just like curated also like curated stuff right and they're just like bite-sized you know they're not like in in some cases they're they're very much geared towards like a um like you know uh three-year-old to 90-year-old demographic you You guys play there's no no, like you know you play temple run right on like an iphone oh sure uh yeah so there's a game, every game, every game, there's a game that's Temple almost run. like a it's almost like a side scrolling version of Temple Run called Chameleon um where your character just runs and but each time you you want the character to like jump to the next because it's different colored blocks and you jump from one block to the next you have to switch the the color of the character in midair mm. um so it's like a timing game that's pretty fun it's called Chameleon uh, but you have to match the color of the blocks, and obviously, as you play it, it gets harder and harder and harder with different color combinations. And there is, I'm... um, there is one thing that all of these games have in common mm. with one another, which is I was about to about to bring it back. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's a segue. That... What's that? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah. What? None of these games fo- focus at all on um, action in the sense of um, shooters, violence in any way. Um, mm-hmm. And it's kind of what we wanted to expand upon, um, kind of on the heels of the Battlefield announcement, um, Dying Light coming soon, um, just any AAA studio in general at this point is really making action-based games that focus heavily around FPS mechanics um, and just shooting a shooter in general. And I think we all gravitate towards that type of game. I mean, mm-hmm. we all play them. I mean, Trip and I play Destiny still. Um, you know, mm-hmm. Neo and I play Warzone together. <laughs> Felix definitely plays outside of MLB, probably just as many shooters as, as us. So we we're it's, definitely oh yeah. a group of gamers that also enjoy that genre. Yeah. Um, it's, it's been kind of like the guiding design choice for video games as a whole. And other experiences have kind of been niche um, mm-hmm. or relegated to the realm of puzzle games, you know, with some other thin coat of paint on it to make it look like something else. Um, so, yeah, I thought that w- we thought that would be a fun way to talk about something kind of deep dive a little bit before the deluge of news next week. Um, oh yeah yeah I find it to be really interesting because I am uh, someone that leans very heavily to the side of like only shooters keep me engaged Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know what I mean like as someone that enjoys PvP um, like it's what I play almost exclusively right Um, 
And it's interesting because that's not how I grew up gaming, quite honestly. Like, yeah, like I, I got exposed to Combat Evolved pretty early and then ended up obviously in a career in Halo for a time and played a lot of Halo. But like I also played a ton of other story based games as a kid and have definitely gravitated away from that um, as I've aged and had less time to game. And I don't know if it's just like a, 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 a reward and gratification, like instant gratification type um, scheme that I've fallen into with, with how shooters work with their mechanics um, or if there's something deeper there, but it, it is something that like when we, when you mentioned this topic trip that I immediately thought like, wow, yeah, like all I really play are shooters anymore. I don't play many story games. They don't keep my attention or I don't invest in them as much as I probably should. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's not even like a, like a shooter versus other games. Um, discussion really. I mean, that's the easiest one to grab onto. And we, the majority of the games, like you mentioned, we play are based around some kind of like direct combat player versus player or player versus environment um situation but the point there is like you're 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 combating something mm-hmm. um even something like breath of the wild there still is like monsters and things that will will attack you will seek you out that you have to deal with in a direct combat scenario you can't just explore the world peacefully even if you'd want to um mm-hmm. when i was playing a short hike i couldn't stop thinking about how this game was like breath of the wild but with no monsters it was like Animal Crossing, kind of, right? Different little villagers, things to do. But I couldn't, like, you know, own a home, uh, build out right. something, plant stuff. I, if I could, that would be more reason to live into, you know, a short hike and maybe have a more interesting space than Animal Crossing because I stopped playing that after a certain amount of time. But, like, it, I could explore, and I had challenges in the game, but I didn't feel, like, a pressure to, like, have to battle or combat or, like, learn enemy animations or you know there's like there was a whole section of gamer air quotes skill that didn't apply to this game i still had a great time right right Mm -hmm. animal crossing is another great example of a game that doesn't use violence as a way to kind of challenge the player to progress forward because when when it comes down to it what combat does in video games is is it gives the player a a method with which to continue in the game, right? It's a, it's a method with which that drives the game forward. And it's a method that when, I guess when developers create something, they try and find an entertaining way to make the game enjoyable. And uh, I think uh, I remember seeing an interview about a developer from like years ago, like back when they were like coming up with Wolfenstein and doom and like a lot of those early games that turned into like, that like kind of created the shooter genre um, they were talking about finding a way to get the player to engage with a conflict and they were performing the solution, which is essentially shooting the thing. Right. And that's kind of like how that spawned. And then we got shooter games and violence kind of like took a lead in video games from there on out. Like even Mario jumps on turtles heads, right. In order to defeat an enemy, you have to jump on their head and com- complete that action in order to beat Bowser and all those yeah, different do- things, right? Dorkly exposes that if you've ever watched their, like, endless videos on college humor. <laughs> Have you watched Dorkly? Exposes how so they, evil Mario is for yeah, killing they, all these turtles? They, well, yeah, they take the original, um, you know, animation character. I don't know if they're using original assets or whatever. 
but like and then they like re-edit like a video of mario being like particularly mean to turtles or they do, they do all these really <laughs> clever ones like they do this one where the bosses like figure out how easy it is to to defeat mario and they just do everything they're supposed to do to destroy mario <laughs> and sonic actually and then there's one where sonic and mario actually switch games and the bosses are like super uh, destructive because like none of the the uh, defenses that Mario have has can defend against the boss of the Sonic game, <laughs> and, and and Sonic can't do anything against Bowser. <laughs> it's really it's really funny stuff, man. Yeah, I have to check that out. It's yeah, I think you yeah, had something you were gonna you were gonna say, Locke. I was gonna just say the other thing that um like the other game that comes to mind uh, more recently. I guess it's not super recent, um, but that came out and made such a big splash because it was nothing but an experience was um, everybody's gone to everyone's everybody's gone to the rapture, to the, rapture. The, PS4, yeah. the PS4 and PC game that like, you know, was very just much an exploratory experience of storytelling and was only a game because you controlled yourself through mm-hmm. the experience but was overwhelmingly positive, right? Like there's very clear success stories from this type of experience, but mm-hmm. they're really being made on such a smaller scale than they're being made on a large scale. I don't think we've seen any major studio produce a triple a title that focuses, you know, more around this type of experience versus, you know, a, whatever a violent violence based reward structure Mm -hmm. right i think my favorite game that chooses to use not non-violence in their game and i think the perfect one is probably portal for me because Mm -hmm. it's a first person game and the weapon that they choose to give you is a a portal gun it just fires two doors wherever you put it on a flat surface and the whole game you're performing actions just by using this and the narrative is told around you but you it is still engaging to the player right you're not just passive like in everybody goes to the rapture right like where it's just you're just experiencing what's happening on the path in this one your your mind is fully engaged on solving the puzzles that are in each room using the tools that you have available and um i do i i I like those experiences a lot a lot that's a lot of the reasons why i go back to like it takes two because i'm recently that's what i'm playing right now there is violence in that game but there are are times where they give you like the ability to like clone yourself and that's like a mechanic that you're using just to solve rooms and stuff like it's it's cool when games can figure out like portal had had to do those kinds of mechanics really well well mist mist is kind of the founder of that beast right because mist was just solving a puzzle that's in a world mm-hmm. and, yeah. yeah it's just like a, a passive yeah. game like that right there's what really makes me think about this and why why i want to talk about it is because there's like a missing there's like a missing gap to these games. Everything fits in these like neat little little categories. Um but whenever you talk about nonviolent games, there's 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 experiences that are missing. Because a lot of what we're talking about are either straight puzzle games mm-hmm. or something like Mist, which is uh I mean that was that kind of spawned its own genre that still exists to this day. Like the I think you would call it like the point and click adventure, I think is what that would really fall under. Um and then you mentioned everyone goes. To, uh, everyone's gone to the rapture. Um, there's a couple other ones that that started from that. There was like 
what remains of Edith Finch, I think, falls into that category. There was Firewatch, yeah. there was Gone Home. Um, and those games all became labeled as walking simulators. Right. Which is kind of derogatory or was used derogatory for a little bit, you know, because it's like everyone's like, why would I want to play a walking simulator when I could play a video game, right? To have like mm-hmm. a, like right. a toxic mentality. <laughs> They're fantastic right. games, but that was like the label that was, mm-hmm. was thrown at them. And it's tough to have a game that doesn't have violence have a way to engage players, which is why the walking simulator genre existed because you could focus really hard on the story mm-hmm. and follow along this like narrative path and just experience it. Like you were reading a book, but there aren't really games that just have you be in a world where, uh, there's no fighting, no combat, just creativity, openness, something right. There's, there really isn't something that exists like that. What about um yeah. the the building game that kids play all the time? What's that called? Minecraft? Yeah. Well, Minecraft is 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 good, but that's just like a So it has a very it's it has a huge creative focus, but you still have you still get a sword. You make you make weapons and yeah, you're it's cre- it's creative, oh, so it's purely it's purely builder or you have to fight the things that are that are crawling into your camp in in creative mode. Mm-hmm. Or in a survival mode, I should say. Okay. Um, Bad example. But like, you know, again, I'm look. I'm it, thinking it skirts about the line, though. It does skirt the line. It does yeah. I'm thinking about again a short hike, right? I felt like I was playing Breath of the Wild, but I didn't feel the pressure of Breath of the Wild. I could walk anywhere, I could fly anywhere, I could climb anywhere, but there weren't monsters that I had to deal with. I didn't have to like go to a monster camp and deal with a monster situation. Um, I was just talking to people that I ran across and explored and did what I felt like doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, it just like the, the barrier of combat is, um, it's an, it's an ease of guidance in a video game, but it's a crutch at the same time. And that's really kind of what, uh, what games fall into. Cause like, like you mentioned, Neo, it's a great way to focus your, your player's progression. Right. You easily it's, it's, it's an easy understand. way to engage the player with well, it's easy, the easy to engage, systems, right? Yeah, but you also like understand growth. You get a new ability. You're farther in the game. You know, you've beaten three bosses out of eight. You know where you are in the path. It's just like it's it's easy mode in terms of structure. Uh oh. Felix. We lost Locke. Yeah, yeah, we lost him like five minutes ago. Yeah. We're yeah, still going with the with the conversation. Uh, uh, it happened like he lost power like five minutes ago. Uh, just switch to uh, the three, the three uh, panel. I already did. I already did. All right, cool. I mean, nothing looks right now. It's like I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> it doesn't matter. We're still just we're jiving. We're having a couple. Uh, he'll be hold. he'll be back and we'll switch it back. It'll be, be fine. Yeah. Okay. Let's not focus too much on it. We're okay. We're okay. Um, no, what I was gonna say is, um, oh Christ, I lost my fucking train of thought when that happened. Oh, <laughs> lock, shit. lock threw him off. I, I can I can fill in I can fill in, ahead, fill in say some things. Yeah, I always think it's it's fascinating how as game development started, right? Because you think about Pong as being like one of the early first games, right? That's not a violent game, right? That's just an objective based game. You got to protect your side from the ball with your paddle, right? That's mm-hmm. that's the objective of that game. And then from there, we kind of I don't know what it was. I wonder if it was like the '80s because in the '80s, the kids' cartoons became violent a little bit with gi joe and like he-man and like not even like a little bit bro 
<laughs> like right and like maybe that kind of translated um to video games pretty well for devs because they were able to take things like guns and swords and make well, it's whole, not, whole no, games not only, around that yeah, right not only cartoons but like dungeons and dragons pen and paper rpgs right. it was an easy way Huge to influence on the video game industry experiences and make them digital uh so you had you either had sports you had uh the magical rpg wizard stuff which you all that yep. could fall under um you had you had shooters think of like berserk you guys know berserk the old atari game berserk. Not for, i know the, i know the anime not the game um yeah go, do go quick google image search for berserk atari um i'll do it so i can drop it in chat too i know um, you guys can't re- you guys can't read this because it's backwards but the audience it said viewer aggression advised yeah yeah viewer this is an ad for the atari 7800 and listen listen to this i'm going to read the text to, to everyone so they can hear it so this this ad is from i don't even know what year but it was a while 89 this is from 1989 it says are you a man or are you a wuss You'll never That's find out. That's another thing that games did. Hold on. Yeah, you'll never ahead. find yeah, out ahead, until you go already, up against. Already problematic, but, but you'll, you'll never find out until you go up against the mighty Atari 7800 system and hard-hitting games like Commando, Xenophobe, or Double Dragon. It comes complete mm. with arcade-quality graphics, so forth, so on. And remember, no one over 17 is allowed to watch unless you give them permission. <laughs> wow. And those were just pixels back then. So I remember my point, right? I remember my point, though. Yeah. My point is, is this is an example of teasing the human condition. And what is the human condition? It's the hero's journey. And the hero's journey journey comes in two forms. Uh, Literary, I'm talking. It -hmm. comes in the form of man versus man or man versus his environment. And that is quite frequently what we simulate every time we play a video game. Quite frequently. Yeah, absolutely. Now, in, absolutely. The, in the case of like peaceful, you're not versus anything in the games you're describing, really. Like, oh, no, 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 you, no, no, no. You could but say it's you, environmental, but yes, like... It, I, absolutely. It, it's it, not the even game a you, The game you were playing wasn't a survival game, was it? Would you say? No, well, that's the thing. There, there wasn't a death mechanic. And I don't think there okay. needs to be like a death mechanic to have an enjoyable video game experience. There was absolutely environmental uh, barriers and things to overcome. Like I couldn't get up to certain places because of their height, because of their distance, because of uh, where I was physically in the world. And I had to like learn how to overcome those things. Uh, so you can still have a very natural and engaging uh, challenge loop with environmental things if it's done right but it's harder to do which i think is what this point keeps coming back to it's 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 harder uh to design that in a way that's engaging to players uh than the easier to understand you know fight the bad guy do the thing win the story i dropped a picture right. of um of berserk from the atari into chat and also into our, our personal chat this was a game i have a you, gameplay on my other screen over here yep. watching yeah, you uh it's literally a shooter you are you have a character that you shoot bolts out of and uh you have to shoot at the robots that are searching for you and also use the environment uh to avoid their shots so shooters uh have been around since the very beginning and it's a very clear 
it's a very clear kind of way to play a game and it makes a lot of mm-hmm. sense. It translates to arcades as well. Put a quarter in, see how long you can survive. Right. You know? Arcades would never exist if it was like put a quarter in, see how much you can build on this island while you gather your resources. Right. And animal crossing. Like you would never <laughs> you would you'd spend yeah, one quarter and you would create a new life in the arcade. They'd tell you to get the fuck out because we're closing. You well, would every, never be done playing the game. Arcades began yeah. before before they were video games, they were pinball machines. And before that, they were playing skee ball against each other and shooting hoops against each other in those types of machines. So the spirit mm-hmm. of competition, the man versus man spirit of competition is truly what began what the the foundation of the arcade is built on. It's built on you know personal in internal competition. Yeah. I mean I I used to sit in the arcade behind a layer of like six people deep, right? With with my stack of quarters ready to go up against some kid in Mortal Kombat, some random kid who was still on the machine. After he beat numerous other kids, I want my right. chance to beat that kid. Exactly. Um, it was super toxic. So, <laughs> so it's, it's pretty easy to trace back where this came from and why it's such a a, a theme in video games. Um, I think we're in a place where we're seeing some of the best non like non combative, non aggressive content that we ever have. Mm-hmm. It's still it's still so much more. In the minority, though, and uh, I'm wondering if you guys think we're going to see more of it, or if it's if it's going to stay kind of. I think to like Battlefield 2042, which just had a five minute nonstop action packed violent trailer that released it, it did. and had the entire internet freaking out about it and excited to play. It, it. did. It looked it looked pretty cool. It was definitely it was hype as fuck. Be- before before I get to Battlefield, um, I to answer your first question, which is like do we still continue in this direction? I think unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, depending on what your view is. Yes. Like that is that those are the games that people like to play. The numbers don't lie. People love call of duty. They love getting excited for these shooters. There is definitely a market for those, those gamers that love to play something really chill, maybe like rocket league, which is a nonviolent game, right? Or knockout city. Still competitive, yeah, and Knockout City, which is a dodgeball PvP game, which is available now. Like, that is... People are trying to find other ways to get around it. Oh, like, Nintendo. You're shooting Splatoon. You're using ink as your as your combative right. weapon it's right. not it's You're a non-violent way to have a that's shooter different that's 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 squarely in the combat violent realm it is about fair 1, enough 1, what's up percent. yeah go ahead um i was gonna say because i thought about what you just said and i'm glad you brought it up that the numbers don't lie about what people buy what they're into what they're playing mm-hmm. i personally think people just haven't been given the perfect alternative option they haven't been given the combat free breath of the wild. They haven't been given the game that's as engaging as these other games and these other experiences, but don't require you to like super stress about something. Like what if someone like has, you know, some kind of like confrontational anxiety and, and that comes out when they're playing a video game. Um, you have a giant open world like breath of the wild or like assassin's creed or red dead redemption. You know, you're, you're running around the world. Let's use Red Dead Redemption as an example. You know, you're just you're exploring a new camp. You, you know, you're going to go down a fish and then some dickhead is going to ride up on you on a horse and try to rob you. You know, like for a lot of players, that's engaging. That's like a fun out of left field, like 
issue to deal with and you want to play this cowboy life so it's perfect right but like what if you just want to literally live a different life in a different place i do the options we have for that are super limited or they're like i don't know they're super the um, the ones that do uh, have that option still still like second life it's not a real yeah it's not a real option but the ones that do have that option are often still littered with like combat in some form, right? There like is Daisy, no good like DZ or Valheim, like those like life building right. type games. Like mm-hmm. you're still faced with a challenge that will force you to overcome them via surviving and fighting for, for your life, essentially. Right. Do you and that's think, engaging to players, right? Like, so do you yeah, think there's ahead. a way to build a game like that, right? Like if you just imagine Valheim without that troll invading your camp, if you imagine Breath of the Wild without a monster <laughs> camp that's in your way, if you imagine fill in the blank like do you think you would still have fun or do you think it would actually be missing something i think that's then we're just like we're like talking about like a different kind of experience and and is that experience engaging enough to keep me interested in playing it without any some sort of like excitement to break up the the calmness right right because because you because like even in games like valheim minecraft and those those kinds of games like you have moments of tranquility that are are a kind of like bookmarked by oh i ran into this monster and he was protecting the gold and i had to fight my way through and it was a whole thing like those are those are usually nice little like player created like niceties that happen within those like open experience and and i don't disagree i think you need like like some kind of a stressor to not only like Mm -hmm. to break up the experience get the gameplay cadence going uh but also provide like like some kind of a path like what do you do if there's just nothing to do? Well, it's funny. Animal Crossing is kind of like that, right? You have to playing. You, you literally have to create your own checklist of th- things to do. It, the game, after a certain point, once you reach the end of the game, I'm putting that in quotes, mm-hmm. um, the game goes, well, here's your terrain tool. Enjoy yourself. Do whatever you want. And then from there, you're literally like left to your own devices. The game doesn't hold your hand at all you can do literally whatever you want. And then at some point for me, at least I was like, okay, well I don't want to check in with this game every day and make sure I get all my, my daily act, you know, things going. Yeah. I, it lost its, its spark, right? I, yeah. I don't think that's the answer at all. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe there could be some kind of like, uh, like confrontation driven gameplay, like maybe through some kind of quest system in like an open world game where you, I don't know. I mean, the, like the risk of reward is really the issue, right? But it's like, how right. can you have risk reward without the violence? There's a way. I believe there's a way. But we're we're close. We're getting close to that. And there are definitely people who want to accomplish that for sure. Nintendo's definitely one of those companies that believes in that type of thing. And that's why Animal Crossing exists, right? Like that's that's like they believe in the fun rather than the murder, death, kill of a Call of Duty. Right. They, they believe that over the over everything else. So Stardew Valley gets close. You can play that game without stepping into the mines at all. Uh, if, if you haven't played Stardew Valley, Stardew Valley is like a like a farming simulator at its core. But you could do a lot more in that game, including visit the mines where they you, there are monsters. You have to like fight things in the mines to get materials to progress. But you can ignore that entirely if you want and just play the farm and life sim point of the game. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. 
but the, that game still has goals. You know, you've got to like solve the community center thing. You have to like work through the seasons. You've got to like work on gathering and bringing the materials to the, to the, to the center. Um, whenever I was playing that game, and this is again, me personally, I never felt like I was bored. There was always some kind of like progression, Dri- like I was driving feeling, factor behind you. Yeah, the, yeah. the, the day, the shortness of the day was the driving factor. You know, the season ending soon was the driving factor. I'm not going to be able to get that fish anymore because like spring's ending. It's going to be summer soon. Like things like that, I think are, are on the right path to providing like that, that sense of like, shit, I got to get this done or like shit, this thing is happening that, that is so easy to give a player in like a conflict centered game. Mm -hmm. Felix, did you have something? Yeah, I, I had two points. I think, um, my one point is really about myself because I think, I think the hero's journey is what has been trained into me. And I think, I think when it comes down to it, the reason I play games that have, see, I, I don't like to overcome other people. I don't really like it when I'm you don't destroying someone else. When I know when I, it's a player on the other end, I'm not really happy about it. Um, I did you, it. In you death. like the personal character growth that you as a player, I, I'm have. more of a man versus environment guy that's Mm. why i enjoy playing like skyrim with full immersion mods that make it so that i have to eat and drink and sleep and in a lot of ways yeah there's conflict constantly in that game but really what i'm simulating there is is man versus the environment the you know unless unless i'm doing like a outer worlds run where i'm trying to kill every character in the game you know and just be mean like that's different than when I'm playing, imagine like if Skyrim. an Outer Worlds or or Fallout kind of game existed, but it encouraged you not to do combat. Right, right. And that would be. be, that, that I, would be I'm really telling you that that would be ref- refreshing as fuck. It really would be. Like if somebody successfully did a game where the goal was to not kill anybody. Like you know what game did that really well, but but so trip. I don't think you would probably classify this as a problem, but this is definitely a man versus environment. But you remember that one that was about uh, kids just trying to survive in uh, like a war torn place. You know, it was like this, this, this war of mine, this war of mine where the game actually discourages you to create violence because if you do, it creates psychological effects for the main characters. So like it, uh, I told you when I was playing the game and we were laughing about it on here, but it's like I killed somebody in the game and then all this, my characters yeah. died of sadness. <laughs> this war of mine is, yeah, that, Intense uh, people as don't fuck. know. Um, I don't think you're, you're giving us the right weight that it I'm not giving it a good end. context. Yeah. It's, um, and no, I mean, you're making the right point, but I want people to understand that this war of mine is like, a refugee simulator like you yeah. are living in a bombed out house with a literal war going on around you and you have to work through the days you have to scrape by day by day yeah. collecting what you can uh building and surviving and cooking with what you have you have to make decisions about who gets to eat what because you don't have enough you have to make a decision to like maybe go raid a house for supplies and then you know maybe there's a soldier there do you engage them do you not it just you click places for your character to go you don't directly control someone um you just make decisions and you manage this household of people but holy shit man it can it can hit you real hard but that's some of the stuff you experience in that game that's extreme man versus environment 
um, because that's what that is. Um, uh-huh. But that game discourages you to ha- actually have to, to to engage in combat or violence, and does it well. Um, and to, your, to your other point about the um, you know the hero's journey, uh, my understanding of that is again we were talking about um, Rick and Morty, and then the other show you were talking about the the Justin Solar Roiland project. Um, and Dan Harmon, uh, I'm a big fan of Dan Harmon's all the way back from from when I found him with Community. And he used to talk on Twitter about the uh, the story circle, which was like his adaptation of Joseph Campbell's journey yeah. to writing for TV. And it was a circle, right? Like a clock almost. And then at the uh, at the three o'clock and nine o'clock parts of the clock are when the character, uh, for example, you start at 12, right? And you mo- you move clockwise. Uh, the beginning of the story is like establishing the character and the initial issue, whatever they go through. Once you hit three o'clock, they step into some kind of a different world. And that is open to complete interpretation. Like whatever is different for the character, whether they go somewhere or something changes. I mean, in Rick and they're Morty, in they're literally new... in, through a portal to some other weird place. Yeah. You can, this applies to literally any narrative story. Anything. If you, if you think hard enough, you can make it fit. Uh, you, you cross this barrier. The main character crosses crosses this barrier uh, into this unfamiliar place and has to like go through a journey of discovery, loss, redemption, and they come back up around the nine o'clock side of the clock. And then there's like the resolution. They go through like a low point. They go through like growth on the other side. Um, but there's always something about them being challenged or brought somewhere new. And you can do that without violence in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. And some of the games that do it best are directly that they're challenging you and taking you somewhere completely different. And I remembered my other point, and my other point was because of the chosen marketing scheme. And by the way, Neo, your well, in trip, your beloved Nintendo is responsible for this. I did, I've read articles on this when I was in college. How when Video games first were released in the 70s, the home video game mm-hmm. entertainment systems, not arcade games. That's a whole other thing because arcade games were always about the man versus man, like, you know, arcade, you know, what you mm-hmm. know, Roman arcade, like, <laughs> like fighting in a Coliseum, right. mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, like, but prior, prior to those existing, um, home consoles really were marketed to both girls and boys. Right. I was going to say, wasn't the marketing for consoles very much boy focused in like the early 90s? Hold on. Hold on. I said 70s. I'm talking about the Magnavox Odyssey was for the whole family. It wasn't just for boys. It was it was it was explicitly. Well, I'm not going to say explicitly because that's just too black and white, but it was generally a Nintendo decision in their own marketing to decide that their games were going to be marketed to boy children, not girl children. And that set a tone that trained a generation, my generation, and maybe even you guys in thinking that the games that we need to be playing need to be um, tailored to boys who, when they're younger are in the spirit of competition, you know, they want you to play sports. They want you to do, competitive things and the result of that because if you think about literature 
what is the kind of literature typically that that typically that you push towards children when they're younger? I mean, not when they're developing, but like when you start getting into young adult fiction, the boys are going to be reading adventure shit, you know, with conflict, and the girls are going to be reading other, something different than that, right? So I, I mean, I th- yeah, I think but not. I, I think, not anymore back then. For no, sure. but I'm saying like the gender bias in uh, marketing in marketing is what developed yeah. this this rift, you know, and now there's a lot of female gamers that are coming back into the world of gaming. And mm. I, I, I honestly well, don't t- think today, they're, today they're not, not programmed the like today we are. We, we know, today we know gaming is not a gendered thing it is literally for anybody who wants to play something right but and what that, i'm saying is, is i think is better we're better for it for I, sure because well, i was that. trying to explain why i think there's more of these games coming down the pike and we're going to see more in the future because i think gaming is shifting back to not being something that's solely marketed to the males it's being marketed to mm-hmm. everybody and it's not just a spirit of competition for everybody there are people out there that that don't want that, that want to play something where they just explore and learn about family. And like, I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm jumping on the coattails of, of, of gender bias itself by stating that women only want <laughs> fucking family, fun family dramas and, well, and boys well, always it's, want it's violence, not, but well, like, but we've been programmed def- that way. There's definitely a huge language, especially today, right now where people do want to receive representation in the games that they and i think that is and is very important like and you see it all the time like people want to we want to see gay people in games we want to see you know all kinds of genders and and everything and i think that's important because it, it is more welcoming to those communities and it's it opens the door saying please come in we want you in our in in these spaces and mm-hmm. it's it's highly important that our marketing does shift and I believe we are seeing that it's a slow process, but at the same time, like we're, we're fighting against the, the marketing of the nineties and the early two thousands of being like a boys club guns, shooting military yeah, battlefield, style action. Battlefield games. 2042 was a little bit of a step back, bro. <laughs> right. But, but think well, about, think about the marketing of battlefield five, battlefield five had a very heavy female and diverse cast in their trailers. Right. Sorry, Trip. Trip wants to say something. What's up? Yeah, I, I, I don't want to go too far down this road because with the conversation is getting muddy with, right. with, with you know, gender bias and where this all started. And, and for sure, I think you're right, Felix, about uh, the marketing tactics into the, into the 80s and beyond as games, you know, became popular. And the people that were in control of marketing, mainly men, uh, were pushing what the cultural norms were at the time. I know... I know so many women that absolutely love violent based games, love yeah, shooters are insane Same. at apex. Um, so I don't, I don't think that is super relevant to this specific conversation because I think violence and conflict in games is still going to be a popular thing. No matter what gender someone identifies as. No, I was just trying um, to illustrate that that's why the whole gaming industry might've started in on that path. Do you see what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. And I'm totally, with, I'm totally with you yeah, there too. Yeah. The, and the conversation right now is, why does it have to stay that way? Why are we still pushing that? And how much mm-hmm. do we think it's going to change soon? Later? I don't know if we I, have the answers to that, but I think I think the real answer is money. I think that is the end all be all. That stuff sells. 
right? Violence, sex, all that stuff sells. So we, so uh, we're going to loop back. Cause I think I, I said to your point okay. earlier, all right. And then we've, and then we've gone, we've gone full circle now. Um, if someone were only to make the most incredible, perfect conflictless, but exciting experience and people start buying into that and buying into that, that would shift the numbers. You know, people, right. people are used to what they're used to. People like what they like. Call of Duty, Battlefield, Destiny's newest expansion. Like all the people know this stuff and they're used to it and they're ready for it and they're excited for it. Right. The numbers match that because that's what people know. They're, they're fed what they know. And people are scared in any industry, not even the games industry. They're scared to take new chances in entertainment because the status quo and the things people enjoy in the moment all are the things that make the money. So like, why try something new? Why shake it up? Right. If there was, if there was something that was just as enticing, just as exciting, just as moment to moment, uh, engaging and validating as a shooter is so clearly validating as those moment to moment interactions, win, loss, rinse, repeat, of like a shootout or some kind of a battle, if you could apply that like win loss, feel good experience to something else that wasn't combat based, I bet it would sell just as much eventually. So how else do you trigger that sweet serotonin or whatever that and, drug and, is in your brain? That's that I think is a conversation for a different episode. So we'll save that one. But, Absolutely. Uh, hopefully we gave you guys some, some food for thought tonight before we get into the whirlwind of a lot more violent games to be announced next week. Oh yeah. I know. 2021 calm before the storm. Yeah. Certainly calm is before the violent storm. So Bloody. everyone, thank you for hanging out with us tonight. Um, I am trip zero. One of our hosts. Uh, you can find me personally at trip, uh, zero TV all over the internet. It's all my socials. I broadcast on twitch.tv slash trip zero TV. Right now, I am smack dab in the middle of a Resident Evil series run, which will be punctuated in between every game by a Power Wash Simulator. Talking about violent versus nonviolent games. And Power Wash Simulator, let me tell you, the, the reward there is the journey. Because seeing that dirt <laughs> fly off the house, the cars, it's like nothing I've ever played before. So, so satisfying. Uh, Neo. Uh, I'm Neo Yoshi. You can follow me at Twitter at Neo underscore Yoshi, twitch.tv slash Neo Yoshi. I plan on coming back and streaming like fully very soon. After E3 week, after my work projects are done, I'm coming back. I'm going to play Resident Evil. I'm going to play shooters. We got Final Fantasy Integrate coming. We got Ratchet and Clank, the new Rift Apart game coming. Definitely think I'm going to try that game out. That looks gorgeous. I don't know if you guys seen the previews for that, but oh boy, looks great. Um, and, uh, just, just, just so we give him a shout out, lock and key was here. You can follow him at Twitch at twitch.tv slash lock and key on Twitch and on Twitter, obviously as well. Um, he's going to be playing games too. So give him a follow. He got disconnected midway through the show in case you're wondering where his sultry voice went. Just happened. It's, it's raining here in the, uh, in the, in the greater, uh, Philadelphia area. So unfortunately that's what happens in the remote life. Felix. Felix uh, here. Um, I just wanted to point out, Trip, that uh, I did Me. not wear. I did not wear this American Psycho like T-shirt to be ironic to your topic. 
You, I would have never recognized that in a million years. Yeah, I, I, that's what I'm wearing. I'm wearing it. I just realized I'm wearing an American Psycho T-shirt. It's his, it's his Walkman. Which, mm-hmm. yeah, it's his walk. And on the back, it says every all that whole bit about Phil Collins. You know, leading up to when he kills Paul <laughs> Allen. <laughs> I've like, never seen the movie or read the book or seen the play. Oh, it's yeah, it's the probably the most violent piece of literature it's a good movie. out there. It's I know movie. about it, but I've just never never sat yeah. down and taken in but, that content. But yeah, I'm Felix Hergood, um, twitch.tv slash Felix Hergood. Uh, I may come back to streaming soon. I'm getting the bug, the itch, or whatever is coming back. It's going to be st- straight Skyrim mods, uh, uh, Elder Scrolls Online, <laughs> and Fallout 76. Good luck. No, It'll be like you never... You'll, Nothing's changed. It's like you'll never left. <laughs> It'll be like I never left. Yeah, but that's right. that's it. That's me. All right, we'll catch you guys next week. See ya. See ya. My, wanna... my point is, is that that's what mm. seltzer is. I know. You want to hear something really depressing? Contains. Get that from Listen to this. Contains zero juice. One can contains zero juice, zero calories, zero total fat, zero sodium. Yeah, dude. The is just an idea. Zero total carbohydrates, zero protein. You're you're drinking the idea of the strawberry mango. And then there's a warning. All that happened was a strawberry farted in a can. And that's exactly what it was.